Here we go. Another episode. Monty, welcome back, my brother. Oh, it was good to be back, man. Oh, wow. This... What an episode. So glad to be back and to be here. The episode was just a good lesson. A very good lesson. There was advice good. pumped out. Every angles you can go. Wow. Everything. Today, we spoke with Annalie Howling, who is a performance coach. She is absolutely amazing. I have to say, it's probably one of the best episodes so far. No word of a lie. We're not saying the others haven't been great. Yes. But this episode was just like... Wow. Yeah. Just... Just a learning, just a massive learning curve. Lessons everywhere. Just boom, boom, boom. Let's go. Wow. But before we get into that episode, manmadebeacompany.co.uk, Potty 10 on discount, and also Champion Mindset Clothing. Monty, what you got, bro? Got a giveaway happening tonight. Another one. Giveaway. Another giveaway. It's happening tonight. Fortunately, probably the, when you have listened to this or watched this, the giveaway has already been done, but we'll let you know what yes. we're doing with the giveaway. Yes. Giveaway consists of the winner will receive a new product of their choice in Nikon and will also be deciding which mental health charity the first 5% of the donations that we've generated in the first month will go to so follow the page order some stuff support what we're trying to do here because it's just the beginning and the giveaways are going to consist of many different things it's not just we're giving away just clothes no we'll be given opportunities for you to speak to coaches some one-to-one conversations with someone that might help you better yourself mentally, whether it's for you or someone that you know, and opportunity as well for you to meet bids as well, things like that. Let's Whoa, go. Wow, that's what. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Enjoy the episode. Anything you can relate to, please drop in the comments on the YouTube channel or email me, dan at menunite.org. Love you, human beings. Absolutely beautiful human beings, indeed. One more thing. Oh. Get through this video. Like, I know you guys are the audio. Please, like, leave your reviews, share, subscribe, show some love, man. We're here spreading love, positivity, and good vibes. Peace. Enjoy. Men Unite podcast with Bids and Monty. Yo, Anna Lee, what's happening? All good, thank you, boys. How are you? I'm good. Good, we're good. We're good, we're good, we're good. Interesting Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Monty's tired, but he's, he's, he's looking fresh, man. Fresh haircut. What's happening? I had to get trim. I had to. I was, I was looking quite rough, bro. Looking rough, man. Got the beard oh, trimmed. Got, got the beard trimmed as well. No, no, no. I didn't trim. I didn't trim it. 
I might, I might dye it grey as well. Grey? Yeah. What, what's that about? I don't know. I'm getting some great hairs, isn't it? I don't want to like, get rid of them, so I might just go all grey. Yeah, but I've got a white patch in my beard. I'm not going to dye my beard Yeah, but you've got, you've got a few nice little colours combinations there. Ah. I've got like one grey hair, one grey hair, one... No, nah, so I might just get it all grey. Just go just for men, mate. <laughs> get, get some just for men in there, bro. <laughs> so, Anna Lee, tell us, what, what is it that you do? So, I am my sort of official job and where I get paid the most is doing performance coaching and I'm a trauma therapist, but they kind of go hand in hand. So I do a lot of work in elite sport. So I can't really say who, but premiership football teams, um, England rugby, I've done work, uh, I've done some work with ex England cricketers. Um, and then I'm actually just about to hopefully doing some work. Can't really say too much, but a female, um, endurance motorsport race. Oh, cool. Really cool. Actually. And she's amazing. She's yeah cool girl as well like wildly talented really exciting so that's like more endurance athlete rather than say sort of you know performing in kind of sprints as well so that's really exciting done a lot of work kind of um, involved in a charity particularly interested with talking with you guys today for ex-veterans of all of the armed forces where we help them transition from the armed forces to civilian life oh, and sweet. mentoring and obviously with that comes mental health as well because I think I'd be really interested to talk to both of you about this, but it's, you know, when you're in point A, you're fine. And when you get to point B, you're fine, but it's the transition in between. So, you know, when you're in the armed forces, just like in any professional sport, and I do a lot of work with people that say it's career ending injury. And so, you know, you've, you've, you're finished there. And whenever you find whatever your next career is or whatever, you know, when you're embedded in your next phase of life, it's okay, but it's in between is so destabilizing. So that's often where I work. And the, the trauma piece that I work around is, um, so it's obviously used for people that have experienced trauma and on the not so nice side, I'll, I often do some work for like people that are victims of sexual assault and, uh, you know, very difficult trauma, single traumatic events, you know, yeah. experiences, things like that. But also it works very well on anxiety, phobias, addictions. Um, and I, I can also talk a little bit more about how, how you develop those because of a traumatic event, even though it seems unrelated at the time, control yeah. behaviors, self-harm, things like that. But you can also use this same sort of trauma method for performance to increase performance. So uh, like one of my party tricks is I can half a golf handicap in one session. So that's uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. It's, uh, no way. Yeah, I can use it for good and evil. So yeah. So what's it like working with these elite people? Because yeah, in in which way? What you what you most? Because um, you you guys, it'd be interesting to see what you think from your experience on the other side. Well, you look at you can you look at like Premier League players, for example, and you instantly think, what a life they've got! Mm. What a life! You know, they're playing football every week. They're you've getting got, paid this amount of money. Yeah. They've, got yeah. no, they've got no struggles. They've got no worries. And the minute they show a bit of weakness, a wife can be feeling like that. Oh, my God, look at his house. Look at his cars. He's getting paid X amount of money. And look at my life. So people start judging them. So, obviously, you see it first, first and uh, yeah, what so- you learn. So I live literally half a mile from Chelsea's training ground. 
So you can imagine that a lot of people around here are past, present players. When Joseph yeah. was you had to live near the training ground. So um, there's like, you know, there's an awful lot of wealth near where I where I live. And that includes people that work in the city and corporate. And that kind of thought process, as you say, is, is what I see in, say, very successful, very wealthy people, whether it's corporate or whether it's um, sport. And you're right. It's the, you know, I've got these cars, I've got this house, I've got all these things. What have I got to be unhappy about? But fundamentally, you're still human. And Monty, as you know, like you're put, you're put there to perform. And if you don't perform, you're getting, one, you're getting instant feedback from people, not just on the pitch, but on social, oh, in the press, that if they choose to vilify you, you're, you're done. Um, I've had a lot of people in that say they made, I'd be interested to see if this ever happened to you, but they felt that perhaps when they were younger, they they maybe got it wrong with the press or something because you do have to play the game in a lot of ways with agents, with the press. You you haven't really got freedom to express yourself however you might want to because if you fall foul of them, you're that's it. They're, they're on your back forever and they're going to kind of, you know, talk about you in a certain way, in a certain light. And uh, everybody's still, you know, I think the pandemic, everyone still went through that. Everyone still has their family to think about. Everyone's still got difficulties. One of my best friends is um, married to a Premier League player and they're American. She hasn't seen any of her family in 18 months, nearly two years. You know, you guys are getting tested every single week. It meant that she couldn't see anyone at all for fear of him not being able to play and the impact on children. So that's actually quite a lot harder than I think than most of us. So yeah, it's great that you might have um, financial freedom, but that's also potentially for quite a limited time. I mean, I don't know how many people know, but your mortgages when you're playing, you've got to pay it off in five years because they only give you to, you know, get a mortgage to what, 35, I think it is. It's quite a lot of pressure that you yeah. guarantee you're going to earn enough money to, you know, have paid off your mortgage and then ideally got enough investments to make sure that you're then set for life when they won't give you lending after 35. So I think that it's I think that probably they do find it difficult to say I'm struggling because I think they feel it won't be met with humility whereas any conversation that I ever have that you know they're still concerned about their partner their parents their children they're still concerned about yeah seeing people they love or you know how am I going to be a provider for my family moving forwards and then um yeah and then I think perhaps there is part of it that I hope maybe changes after the pandemic about you know certain image related things like do I have to um appear to be a certain way but yeah I'm hoping that might shift a bit some of that the ego yeah what what do you why do you think society looks at like these elite people in the way that they do why why do you think they have so much judgment on them is you know it, it's interesting I feel like it's mainly football that's a judgment and I think it's because of the money because I think in other games you celebrate yeah. the Right. So I've just said to you about this female racing driver, and we're like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, to get into racing, it's so expensive to be able to make a career. And she's got to work at the moment as well as drive, as well as, as you know, when you're going to be an athlete, you have to give up a lot of stuff. So you're not your average, she's 23. You're not, she's not your average 23 year old girl going out with her pals on the weekend. She's traveling. She's, you know, training. She's, you, you have to make a lot of difficult choices. Now we look at, even rugby, no, no one seems to go, oh, look at them, aren't they lucky? Yeah. Wow, yeah. look at them, how fantastic. Look at the athleticism, look at the training they've put in. But footballers get just get the bad rap, and I think it's because of the the image around the cash, around the money. But that's, as I say, it's not... If you were to put that over time, 
you know, traders in the bank probably get uh, probably similar, I'd say. You start saying you work for an investment bank, you're a trader. That's probably similar kind of level of, oh, you know, contempt almost yeah. because of the money. But again, that's a fairly short-lived career because you cannot possibly sustain the level of stress and anxiety and difficulty over 30, 40 years in that kind of environment, the hours that they work. You can't do it. And so yeah. like, you, you can't do it over a sustained period. And there's only so many... There's only so many coaching jobs to go on to afterwards. There's only so many that then would be managerial. There's only so many presenting roles, which I can say this, I know would now be being looked at more female presenters and things like that. So that's yeah. difficult. So what is your next career? And what are you going to go on to? And there's no, I don't know how much empathy there is around that, that next transition piece. And I think there should be more, but it's football like investment banking. And it's yeah. money. Yeah, I feel <clears throat> for, for footballers, once they've once they've retired, people that like society kind of forgets kind of forgets about them because mm-hmm. they're not in that spotlight anymore. <clears throat> and for that football player, it's got to be mentally difficult because you're used to being in that spotlight, and it like you say, it only lasts for so long. Mm-hmm. I think like Monty, for example, is is. Obviously, set you set your own brand up, aren't you, bro? And you know you you got your head screwed on because at the end of the day, football doesn't last for a lifetime. Yeah, that's what obviously with football and with with this class bit, and I've said it a lot of times before. Where why majority of footballers do struggle, whether Premier League. Whether it's Championship League, no matter what level you play at, no matter how much you've earned, it's because of the lifestyle and who they believe they are. Mm-hmm. Like that life, and I'm a footballer, and no, we're not. It's our job. That's what we do. So, but for some players to understand that, it's hard because you get caught in this little bubble, and eventually, when that bubble's popped, who am I now? Oh my god! I don't play football anymore. What am I gonna do? I'm not gonna get recognised anymore. I'm not gonna be shown the same respect that I was getting shown. I'm not gonna be allowed in this place for free like I used to be. I'm not gonna be able to jump the queue and all those things. So a lot of them do struggle because of that. So for me, and why I've been able to realise that is because I had a massive setback in my life where I was I wasn't a footballer anymore. Mm. And then I realised, Jesus, you can lose it overnight. So I embrace football. It's what I do, but it's not who I am. Mm. I've got to think of the things that I can do. And a lot of footballers, young footballers, are just coming through, get up in, 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 in that little bubble in the lifestyle and the whole hype of professional footballer four, professional footballer four, and then instead of saying, I play football, for this club, but it's not who I am, it's what I do. But it's quite hard and it's quite sad that footballers or those who play football get looked at in a different light and they get judged differently. Mm. I I think it's sad. Obviously, for me, I don't really pay attention to that because I've learned. I think you're right. And I I wonder if that also prevents people from feeling they can reach out and say exactly what you've just said. I'm not, you know, I should 
should in a critic buddy you know superfood should 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 hate that word but you know I should be feeling great I've got this money and I'm playing for so and so and I'm da 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 but I th- I wonder if that the the fear or the the thought that it's not going to be well received and what have you got to worry about you're fine you know what have you got to worry about and yeah. I think it stops people from reaching out and I love what you just said then football's what you do but it's not who you are and I mean you know there are a lot of people out there that are going to take advantage as well there are loads of people with their hands out I bet you know because you've got loads of money and I haven't and then it's difficult because say you did work for an investment bank we all know you make a lot of money, but we don't kind of know how much and we don't, you know, it's all a bit secret and kind of behind closed doors. We know you're successful, but we don't know much about it. In football, everything about you is out on the table, no. for everyone to see, right? And so anyone that's ever got anything to do with you is there with their hand out expecting. If you go for dinner, you're picking up the bill, you know, probably when people just sort of start to turn their head and stuff like that, you know, it's like, there's this massive expectation, but if, if you worked out the salary and then you spread it out to you as 65, like retirement age, it's actually probably a lot less than working in the city or something like that. You know, not always, obviously, but not everyone's messy, are they? You know, so like it's, and an injury can come at any time. And it, it reminded me what you were saying then, Monty, about the, the veterans of the armed forces for the charity. So they, we talk, this is a transition piece when you just don't belong. So, you know, when you're training, you've got, you know, you're giving the team like clothes to wear, like the tracksuit suddenly goes back. You haven't got the training schedule. The car goes back. You're not on the team bus. You lose the colleagues that you see every day. You're out of this fixed training schedule. You you lack the routine. Basically, what you lack is your purpose, but also the belonging to this group. And in the military, I remember one guy telling me this story about, you know, if you go to the pub in uniform, most barmen will never charge you for a drink. And you're a hero, right? You know, people will be buying you a drink and, oh my God, thank you so much for what you've done for the country. You get free dental, you know, things like that. And then when you come out and you're, you know, a civvy, you're not a hero to anyone anymore. And not only are you not a hero, they say you don't belong in the forces. Like they would never wear a uniform again because it's like, I'm not in that anymore. Just like you wouldn't wear the the tracksuit, the training top if you're not that club anymore. You're not a player anymore. But you also don't belong in sort of civilian city street either you're, you're in this this really awful transition space where you just don't feel like you belong and I think that's so hard for anyone so you, you saying there you've got to find out who you are and know that all the while so do you like doing creative things are you interested in property is it you know what yeah you've done your brand thank god because you're really passionate about something else and you're building it in the background Purpose is defined as a cause greater than ourselves and genuine connection, if you like finding your vibe and your tribe. So when you're playing and if you're in a team, if you're in the forces and you're doing that, like, okay, that's my purpose here. But you you need to have an eye on, as you say, who I am, my values and and what that's going to be afterwards or and start it kind of before. So and ideally, the cause greater than yourself is in some way going to positively impact other people in some way it's going to be of service like what you guys are doing here this is in service of others so it's bigger than you right when you get those messages after this going thank you so much i heard this thing and it really helped me that's that's probably much more important and more humbling yeah. I, agree with you. I think it's very difficult i think it's a much bigger conversation and i think the image of that everyone's got all this money and and people do have access to suddenly you're being paid this a week well, let's put that into, you know, what you've got to provide for your family over time, everything else you're putting into it, the hours you work, even, you know, that, that you're expected to do the things you're not able to do, you know, because of that, because of the dedication to this, 
not many people would sign up to it. And also it's not an accident that you're there. It is graft. I mean, yes, talent as well, but you work and you work and you work at it. It's like performance is not just something that happened and I became a professional footballer. You've dedicated so much to this. So I think that there is a reframe that needs to happen about that. You're athletes, but footballers are not seen as athletes. It's interesting. It's true. It's, it's like a lack of understanding and lack of respect for the journey of what athletes, professional athletes encounter. And like in football, you get a lot of fans just saying, all you've got to do is turn up for 90 minutes and play. <laughs> <laughs> Work week, that is, shall we? So basically, we've not been training, we've not getting beasted, we've not been having our own normal life with our families, our kids. All we've done is sat at home from Monday to Friday and then we just got to turn up on... Uh, obviously, I understand what they say, that the least they expect is hard work and make sure you put your body in the line and things like that, which is what majority do. But it's when, you, when something goes the way that you don't expect it to go. Like no one, I don't think that any any of us here or anyone in the world who has a job that is providing for the families would go out there and underperform on purpose. Right, yeah. I don't think, if there's anyone out there, I would love you to put a comment <laughs> under this video and, and let us know what's your motive or how you do it, how you go about it. But if, if I go on a pitch and purposely hoping that we lose. First of all, that's me letting myself down, letting my family down, and putting other people's jobs in line. Mm-hmm. If I go out there, and for example, like I've had a lot of niggles this season in regards of like injuries here. Obviously, it's been a weird season because of COVID, the stop-start, the different pre-season, the different training. So I've had a lot of niggles. And you get people out there that would say like injuries like yeah I've gone out there purposely to get injured like it's it's my life as well it's my family's future it's my future and also I'm not going out there to let my teammates down and fans all over the world don't see things like that they just see what's in front of them and for a lot of players who can't really who don't don't get me wrong a lot of athletes don't do a lot of work with this and they will struggle with everything that comes with being an athlete mm. with all the judgment all the abuse all the negative things because they focus so much on just the positive stuff that when they get one negative thing said about them all of a sudden is oh, I've had a bad game, even if you just one bad comment, but because they don't focus on actually developing the mindset and growth within themselves, that all they think is, um, I'm, I'm playing to please the fans, I'm playing to please the manager, which it, there's nothing wrong with that. But I've understood and I've realised that as an athlete or as a person in general, when you go out there to please someone else, you don't end up being happy with what you're doing. Mm. So when you go at it to actually be happy with what you're doing or pleasing yourself, regardless of whether it's an athlete or or you work a normal nine to five or whatever you do, you've got to focus on you 
because then everyone else around you actually ends up getting the best of you and seeing the the best of what you can do rather than you doing the best for them. No, you do the best for yourself, which then your teammates or your workmates or your partners or whatever would actually eventually gravitate towards that. But then again, like I said before, a lot of people struggle due to the fact they focus on others rather than focusing on themselves. Mm. I think that like you've just summarised something that I try and hammer on to so many people. So you're exactly right. Like none of us can, you know, the whole fill from an empty cup, we can't do it. Whenever you get on an aeroplane, they say to you, in the event of an emergency, oh my God, put the oxygen mask on you first so you can help other people, right? Because then it makes sense. We're like, oh yeah, of course, but we don't do it in real life, you know, because we don't want to be seen to be selfish, right? So if I say to you, oh boys, you know, and this is true, I'm a single parent, don't know who you are, you know, and it's like, oh, so I've got to, I've got to look after me first so my daughter can get the best of me. And you go, yeah, God, and everyone in the world will go, oh, poor thing, yeah, completely get it. You know, yeah, you look after you, say no to things, put your boundaries in place, do yoga, do the things I need to do to be the best version of myself. But Monty, you start saying that and everyone's like, selfish bastard, what's he got to complain about? You know, <laughs> it's the same thing. You, you've got to look after yourself first or you're going to get injured. If you're out there like helping everyone else and doing stuff and like you say, not renewing your energy properly, not doing your rehab stuff in between, not, you know, saying no to other people basically to prioritize yourself because as you say, it's the pyramid. The pyramid goes the wrong way around. You've got to be the best version of yourself to be the best partner, the best parent. But you doing that and me me framing it that way, the, the sympathy votes with me and it's wrong. It's no different. You know, we've all got to look after ourselves first, however that, that means, so that I can be the best in my work, the best in my clients, the best parent, best friend, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's how you phrase that is just beautiful. And I wish more people would take that oxygen mask analogy to their daily lives and go, where am I putting this on everyone else? Am I allowed to swear, by the way? I'm, I enjoy swearing. Yes, so, yes, please, please. I would like to say there's some anecdotal evidence that if you swear, people listen more. So this, yes. is, this is grounded in science. Everyone should be a bit more sweary. So yeah, you're going and putting this oxygen mask on every other fucker in your life. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute. What's, what's going to happen? I'm going to run out of air. That's what's going to happen. So we need to turn this pyramid around and start focusing on ourselves first across all the modalities that are in our life and then we'll see performance and if everyone did that everyone approached you know it's corporate athlete is what we call it if people approached their their lives like you have to you know your rehab your recovery you just yesterday you played so today you're renewing right it's a sort of rest day you might be doing some ability stuff i'm guessing yeah no i've been into the club this morning yeah yeah you get some treatment done and looked through the game maybe i had like a bit of a meeting i've done some rehabby stuff to start but you won't train yeah. again properly hardcore until tuesday wednesday yeah well we've got we've got a game on tuesday so now if you're coming to the end of the season a lot of things will be happening so it's just making sure i'm as ready as i can be if i am selected right so but you that's, know that's, that's all out of my mind so that even like so i was going to say that's mind to that like in people's normal lives, say, like if you're for your family, people might be expecting you to, to sort of push today. But your priority has to be, as you say, being as making yourself as ready as possible for this week. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how you use that 
you the phrase, the yeah, yeah, the the aeroplane mass phrase because Monty's Monty's used that quite a few times, aren't you, bro? Yeah, he loves that phrase. I love it. He gets it, and it's. I think sometimes it's important to remind ourselves of it because it's it's easy to slip into realizing that you and and we're doing it because we're kind people and we want to help. We're not doing it because we're you know we're doing it out of love usually to try and help other people but yeah. we need to realize and recognize that if we're not helping ourselves we can't help people that we do love and we care about like i always i use this metaphor when i'm doing like corporate work and i you know i talk about it so look because people struggle with it so being selfish is when you prioritize yourself at the detriment of other people so you're going to yes. do going to hurt other people that's right? being selfish Self-care is when you prioritize yourself so that you're best able to care about other people. So that's the difference. Self-care isn't selfish. It's, it's mm-hmm. making sure that your, your tank is as full as possible to be able to give to others, give to your work, give to your sport. Being selfish is making choices where you're going like, to harm other people. It's totally different. And we need to, this is the oxygen mask. We need to reframe that. Yeah, and let's let's get back to the language and let's get back to the swearing because because language. yeah because this is massive with me. Okay, people think I've had a lot of messages through Instagram. Okay, because my my posts are pretty brutal, pretty honest with swearing involved. And yes, I have been reported a few times and I have been banned a few times because of it. It's it's fine to swear. I find that swearing is a very good expression. It's like I, w- I woke up this morning. I'm happy. Well, now I'm fucking happy. There's Perfect. a big di- there's a big difference in it. Yeah. yeah. And I finally found someone that agrees with me. So thank you. Quite a sweary Mary, actually, but there is this fantastic book by Paul Dolan, who is a professor, and it's called Happily Ever After. It's a brilliant book in a number of ways. It basically breaks down preconceptions in a number of areas. Like yeah. I am a single parent. I remember when I was looking to leave my marriage, and I was worried about the impact on my child. And you know, of course, I am. Yeah. I'm a therapist, and then you know, I'm gonna you know attachment and all of these things. And yeah. about how like children of single parents are no less happy, like divorced people are no less happy. It's, it's really interesting. Anyway, it breaks it all down. But one of the things he talks about as a professor is, because he's a swearer, is uh, that if you are swearing in lectures and things like that and talks, people pay more attention. They learn more. They're more likely to be engaged. Because just like you've done just then, I, I mean, I could see it because we're on video, but your body language changed. Yeah, exactly. You're positioning yourself differently. It's passion. Your, your energy is firing. You're doing something differently. That's how you're choosing to express <clears> yourself <throat> I do it too. It's not for everyone, but you know what? I'm a grown up. I'm going to go and watch something horrible yeah. on Netflix. Then why can't I swear? So yeah. that's my, uh, there you go. It's my two cents. Yeah. Netflix. What, what kind of stuff do you watch? Um, so I do actually get scared quite easily and I live on my own. So nothing horrible. I'm not watching uh, Everyone's sort of talking about these, these yeah, horrible, scary things. Nothing like that. What about, um, ser- what about serial killers? Yeah, definitely not that. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a trauma therapist, boys. I hear enough like horror in my day. Like I, I, something just like rainbows and butterflies will do, but uh, no, more more like a documentary or something probably. But um, yeah, or just pure escapism. There's enough. There's enough horror that I get. To <laughs> Don't need any more. <laughs> no more. Yeah, see, I'm big on me serial killers. Lovely. And like me, uh, cartel documentaries and stuff like that. 
Okay. Because yeah. it's stuff, it's stuff that I wouldn't do. Mm. But I'm interested in finding out why the fuck people kill people. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the psychology behind it is, I mean, often fascinating. And whether it's chemical, whether it's yeah. environmental, whether it's, you know, are you born with these sort of attributes? Is it something that would be... You know, there's obviously there's a situation I think all of us would could see it happening. If someone came to, you know, go for my daughter, it, there's just natural instincts, I think, in some ways. So, yeah, yeah it's fascinating. A lot, yeah, a lot of the time is the past experiences, like as a child, as, as a child. And I've seen it. I've seen it loads, obviously, being where I'm from. Where's that, bro? Columbia. <laughs> Um, I've seen it obviously you see it loads and obviously I, I'm alright at football but back home there was kids who were unreal wow but and they will get scouted they will get taken here they will get taken there but because of what they were experiencing at home and the people they were hanging around with and how they were treated they'll go train and they'll come back to do things that they shouldn't be doing and obviously, cutting the story short, most of them are basically brown-breaded. Mm. Wow. And it was just, it's sad. But then, why do they do it? It's, I think most of it is just the upbringing, all the traumas they've encountered and what they've seen. And they just grow up with so much anger. Mm that they feel like they've got to do damage to others to make themselves feel better because of what they've, they've seen growing up. Yeah, that, that comes to my uh, imposter syndrome that we spoke about it before we started recording. And I only found out about this a few weeks ago. Uh, but the more I've read into it, the more I realise that I've probably had it or still have it occasionally. I don't know if it's one of them things. Is it a thing that just creeps up on you? I would say it's a thing that, let me try and give you a really, that's something that everyone will relate to. Yeah. Let's call it the the Sunday night, scroll through Instagram and you're yeah. like, oh, you know, you're not feeling maybe your best self. Perhaps you're a bit tired. Like for most of us, we're going to, you know, work the next day. We're sort of dreading that a little bit that's the point that we start scrolling and we're like, Oh, he's look at his car that he's just got. Oh, look at like, they seem so happy. Mm. Oh, look at this holiday. They're always on holiday. Gosh, she's got this lovely thing. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not the same as jealousy. It's kind of those stuff that we start thinking like. We haven't got. Ourselves. Right. But it's not necessarily about things. I'm just using that as an example. Cause I think we can all relate to it. It's basically, I would say it's like, you know, if you had an angel and a devil on your shoulder it's yeah. the, the devil in your ear and it creeps in when you're low. So it's when your defenses are low. So let's say we haven't done the, the fundamentals of like good sleep, good nutrition, da, da, da. We, we all know how we feel then, right? We're not the best version of ourselves. That is like, they're there just going, oh, happy days. This is the time to get in her ear and go, you really haven't been parenting very well this week, have you? And uh, oh, <laughs> brilliantly they're all doing. And did you, your business really isn't that successful, is it, compared to them? Look at all these courses they're doing. You should have more followers. Did you see what this was? It's like, that is the time, the inner critics in your ear, 
And then sometimes you might get it training, which is that, oh, go on, you could just say you're running. Like, oh, go on, this is hard. Let's just stop now. Like, you know, it's, it's that. It's that voice that's... I, I describe it sometimes as, as if it's a well-meaning friend that's just got it a bit wrong. So it, fundamentally, the sort of the role of the inner critic, if you like, is to try and keep you safe. Because if you were to, the biggest fear that we have as humans is being rejected and being judged. And if we yeah. went back to when we lived in like caves and we're surviving, if we were rejected from our community, from our group, we would die because you're on the outside of the community and that's death in those days, right? So to be rejected and also to be judged would, would mean death, right? So that's our biggest fear. So we want to kind of be the same as, we don't want to seem differently. So the inner critic is trying to keep us safe so we don't make a fool of ourselves, so we don't step out there. Like, I don't know, Dan, you might post something and go, oh, God, I might have gone too far then. Or like, oh, you know, there might be there's days that you're like feeling mm-hmm. amazing, fucking amazing, let's use your words. Yes. Like, yeah, I don't care, I'm purposeful and this is amazing. And then there are days when we're not feeling so great and we're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, yeah, that's the inner critic. So the inner critic is is at the door when our defences are low. And you just need to know that. And that yes. is not time to go on like a pity party, scroll like, oh, 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 like you know, with Lana Del Rey on, on Sunday night, comparing <laughs> yourself to like everyone. It's not the time to do it. Yeah, that's interesting then, because I've obviously combated my little imposter mm-hmm. without realising, mm-hmm. because I struggle at night with sleeping. Okay. Like, just if I go to bed um, and I lie there, try to go to sleep, that's when that little bastard will be like, you're, you're a dick. What, why do you do that today? Yeah. Why have you done that for? Yep. You're not good enough for your job anymore, blah, blah, blah. So it's been now, I say, about two years where I go to bed and I just instantly headphones in with the most randomest podcast ever just pick a random podcast and i'm asleep in like 20 25 minutes so boom fuck you imposter you can use it you can use it to be it can be a positive thing it's been interesting to hear from monty because it can be like like you just said then dan go fuck you imposter it can be like you know like when you're hitting a wall let's just say you're at the rut you're in running and you're like yeah. you're at that point if you if when you do push through it can sort of become a bit of a cheerleader for you. So you can end up using it for a really positive um, way. And here's something like for anyone listening that I hope is helpful. The louder it is, like, let's just say we're all going to go and do a bungee jump or something. Like you'd kind of expect your imposter syndrome to be going, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. There we go. Yeah. But you know, you'd expect if we're putting ourselves in a situation like that, you would yeah. expect it to start going like, you're not going to do it. This isn't going to work. Like the, the thing will break. You'll be the one person out of 1 million. You know, it'll, you'd expect it because we put ourselves in a situation. But the imposter gets the loudest when we're about to make a change. So let's say you're leaving a bad relationship. And I know that a lot of people that look at my page and Dan, I think looking at your boys' stuff, like you're, you know, you're you're deciding whether or not perhaps to to stay or go in a re- in a relationship. Yeah. Usually, the the louder it is, you're you're so close to to making that change, to busting out, because it knows the imposter knows that it's sort of just just about got its claws left in you, and you're about to move out. But when you do make that big shift, when you do make that big change, you are you are creating and managing that imposter even more. So just for anyone that is listening and struggling. 
it, it can be a really positive sign because it means you're so close to making this big change the louder it is it sort of knows it's its last hurrah yeah. like it's going to contact everything at you at that point you'll never make it you'll be single forever you'll be washed up you'll be yeah. i don't know shared at your mum's till you're 60 like uh, you know <laughs> and just remember in that moment just just be like fine fine let it all out and then and take the action anyway yeah yeah monty does your little imposter guy come come and speak to you while you're playing football uh, during a match during a match during a match yeah match. so you might be running with the ball just about to score a goal and he pops up on your shoulder and says you're going to fucking miss this you're going to fucking miss this does he pop up no you know what I, I think it used to a lot yeah but now I challenge it so like I sort of like now know when that sort of voice is coming in so before a game obviously i always everything i say it it just relates to everyone's jobs or lives so but i will use this example in football once again mistakes a bad pass and all that sometimes we fear making that bad pass with fear, making that, having that bad touch, that, that bad cross, and because what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Mm-hmm. And for me, when I'm getting that thing, before every game, I sit down in, in my own corner in peace while the music is going on, but I don't know, going to like my inner self, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. And then all the time I'm hearing this, mistake mistakes and then I sort of like then challenge it like take take it on so I'm hearing mistakes and I'm like they're not mistakes they're part of learning I'm not I'm not gonna go into that pitch and make mistakes I'm gonna go there and learn and that's how I I deal with my life now so like yesterday's game it was a battle but before the game we watched the clips I saw how their player, I was playing on my side, played. And then I sat, obviously, after watching the, the clips, we get like a, a bit of spare time to go into our rooms to collect everything. So I sat in the bed and I was like, today, no matter how long I'm on that pitch for, what I'm doing, one thing, he's not going to outwork me. End off, he's not outworking me. And then got to the stadium. As I sat down, putting my socks up, then the mistake thing started clicking in. And I was like, it's no mistake. It's part of learning. I'm not out there to make mistakes. I'm there to learn. If I give the ball away, if I make a bad pass, I'm not doing it on purpose. But what I can do is learn from it. And let's fucking go, man. I'm there. And one more thing is not outworking me. And then it didn't. Obviously, I still had to come for half time because I got, I got a knock. Oh. But it didn't outwork me. And I didn't let the bad passes that were going wrong affect me. It's sort of like gives me more ammunition and like, I want it again, I want it again. But before, it used to get a better of me. If I made a bad pass, I used to go hiding. Mm-hmm. I don't want the ball now. What are they thinking? What are my teammates thinking? I think it's oh. so powerful what you're saying because... The, one of the ways to deal with it, if people are listening, is you can thank it. And that's kind of what you're saying, Monty, is you can be like, look, I get it. 
thank you. But this, like you say, there were not mistakes. I know it's like, I know you're doing this to try and keep me safe. Thank you, but I'm good. Like they, I get it. I know that you're saying this because you don't want me, us to fail. I know you're saying it because you want us to be successful. I know you're telling me these things because you don't want me to feel like I did when I passed it that way in that game or whatever, probably 15 years ago. But anyway, like this show of things it's giving to you in that moment. But you can just say to it in that moment, like I'm leaving a relationship. I'm going out on the pitch. I'm doing whatever. I'm going to do a presentation. I know you're saying these things because you don't want me to fail, but I'm good. Remind yourself of like, do you remember when we did that thing? Do you remember when we did that? Do you remember when we did that? I'm good. I've got this. I've got this. And like you, he will not outwork me. We're good. Like I need you with me, not against me. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're doing this to try and keep me safe, but I'm good. Yeah. You're you're Um, in that. You're in flow state again. I'll say what what one when did he get the best? To be fair, one time they got the best out of me, and it was last Saturday. But it was because I've had a a tough week leading up to the game on like last Saturday. But I'm there again battling against it. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling like this, but no, I want to try and play. I can play, blah blah blah. I can play. I can get through this. Come on. I'm leaving it closer to the game, closer to the game, leaving it closer, 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 closer. To try and see if I felt better. I'm sort of like battling against this feeling and my, my body, my mind was telling me I'm not playing. And then that little bit was saying that you can. I was just fighting against a bigger force. And I was so, I was just not well. And then it got to the point where I had to make a decision for the best of myself and the team. Mm-hmm. And then he was basically, I'm not in a state of mind and my body is feeling like this and I'm feeling this. I can't play. And then after that, I felt horrendous. I took my missus and I said, I'm so sorry for letting you down. I'm embarrassed. Literally last Saturday. And he was just, I was trying so hard to actually make it to the game. But I went in, I went right. And then as soon as the decision was made, I wasn't playing on Saturday. Got on my phone and I was like, my missus, obviously she had no idea. I just texted her, I was like, look, I'm sorry for letting you down, for letting my family down, I'm shit. And then I sat down there literally in the change room on my own. And I what the fuck, man. For fuck's sake, I'm shit. And then in the end, I her reply sort of like lift. I made my head go back up and I realised like I did want to play but I just couldn't. So what is there for me to feel shit about? I would have felt worse if I went out there and played for my own selfish reasons that yeah he's starting again rather than he'd done it for the team. So I was doing it for the team if I would have been out there, they would have been playing with a less man. Mm. Man less, basically. Um, a lot of people don't really understand these sort of things. See, that's so what you've just said is beautiful. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that so vulnerably as well, because I think so many people listening will really relate to that because you feel, like, let's just say in any job or something, like you feel like you should be there, must be there, or maybe they'll get promoted or like you. I'm sure you're thinking, God, well, if I don't start, is someone else going to, you know, kind of slot into that position more? Is it... How is how might this lead on and affect me? But 
almost like us talking about that kind of Sunday night scrolling. You you said you'd had a bad week, like it hadn't been good. So your defences were getting knocked, knocked, no. knock, 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 until you got to Saturday and you're, you're low, right? Your defences are down. So yeah, that inner critic's really there just smashing you in the face at that point because you had nothing in the tank. But as you say, when you've made the decision and it's done and your lovely other half obviously you know witnessed you and just supported you and championed you in that space but just again you made a decision that was not ego-based you did something you did the right thing for the fans for your teammates for the management for everybody and anyone in any team it's so important to know how you're really feeling because in the partnership right we need to know how we're doing because we need to know like do you need it's not codependency but do you need something extra here because I can step in today. Or what can we just not do? Here we go, Danny. What can we just fuck off, right? Because, like, you're feeling shit. Do you, want, do you really want to go and see my mum today? Probably not. Like, that might not be the thing that you need. Tell you what, you're having one. You have some time at home. Let me take the kids out. We'll do this and that. You do whatever you need to do. Just, you know, put some tunes on. Do whatever it is you need to do to get yourself. Feel, you know, put your oxygen mask back on. But I'm in this with you. I'm going to support you. And that's what you did for your team. You did, you did something really brave and really vulnerable and really honest, but you did the right thing for your whole team and in turn your family. And you know this as an athlete, had you have gone out, every chance you would have picked up an injury that game as well, quite a bad one, because you weren't in that, you know, you weren't at your 100%. So, and it man- anything mental will manifest physically. So you're yeah. a professional athlete, but for people that are, are perhaps not professional, they're like, I don't understand, but I've been out, you know, I always do this run, I've just gone over on my ankle again. Or why is it that my my neck and my shoulder's bad? And it's because you've got all of this trauma and this stress in your system that you're not discharging or looking at and you're, you know, using external validation, even though they're perhaps healthy solutions, i.e. exercise, and your body's going to stop you. Your body will physically stop you if you don't listen to your mind. And I think we all have something whereby, you know, maybe it's a stomach bug or it's a physical injury. Your body will stop you if you don't listen long enough. In the corporate world, maybe we call it burnout, you know, and it can lead you into sort of anxiety and depression and apathy in different states. But your body will step in and go, we've been trying to tell you, been trying to make you listen and you will, you will, have, you will pick something up. It, it happens all the time. Yeah, say when when I saw the starting lineup last week, last week, Monty. Yeah, and then I looked at the subs. I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong here. That's why I messaged you. I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then obviously you messaged me back. We had a chat, but I knew something was wrong instantly. So I knew I knew you were like fit and healthy. I knew you weren't injured. So when I checked the lineup and then the, the subs bent, so that's when I thought you know, something, something's not right here. Something's not right. But like you say with the burnout, I, I used to ignore all my signs of burnout. Uh, and like, I don't know, there could be headaches or, I don't know, little, just, just cramp, like waking up with cramps, stuff like that. And I ignored them to the point where I ended up attempting my own life. Wow. That's how far burnout can take you. And I mm-hmm. think people don't realise that. I think I put a post up yesterday about burnout, burnout and I got a few messages yeah. and yeah, people were messaging me saying like, thanks for this. And they're, they're not realising how much it actually affects you because it's really easy to ignore them signs. We just think, oh, 
that saying as well, oh, no, I've got it, I've got this. Or someone saying to you, you've got this. No, you fucking haven't got it because you lose the race. Mm. You always lose that race. So I think... It's a battle, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that mental race with burnout. You will lose it. And the signs that your body sends you, like you've just said, it, it catches up with you. Have you guys heard the story? It's a bit gross, but Boiling Frog. Have you heard that? Oh, no, let's go. Well, okay, so we've a, now... It's a great... Chimpanzee. Yeah, the chimpanzees, yeah. We're going to have a frog. Okay, so it's like a, it was an experiment, 1800s, Louis Pasteur. It's a bit grim, not very animal rights, but anyway. And uh, they get this big pot of boiling water and they chuck a frog in it. Um, what do you think happens? Uh, Fro- frog jumps out. Frog's like, fuck this. This is horrendous. Boiling water, like, I'm off. <laughs> anyway, so they let the water cool down and they put the frog back in. Frog loves it. Frogs love water. It's having like a little swim. It's doing its backstrokes, having a great time. Anyway, then they start turning the water up one degree at a time until it gets to boiling point. Froggy keeps swimming. Froggy ultimately still dies. But the point is, just like burnout, just like us with work, we adapt. We're missing those signs. That water was getting hotter and hotter, but he kept swimming because we can adapt. And as humans, we can adapt to an insane amount of stress. And Dan, you're saying like, we can continue to adapt to a point where that that is when this this burnout zone you are thrown into it and there's probably a lot of symptoms that you're in there as well until you can't even be in there anymore but like that boiling frog we're we're doing all of these things and we're swimming in boiling water and we're fucking dying yeah and we haven't realized because we didn't stop ever and go what this is awful you know if you look at like the probably you know that the things you were coping with if you'd thrown someone into it afresh they'd be like i can't deal with any of these things you're doing but you've adapted to it all over time you've adapted to lack of sleep you've adapted to stress work injury loss like you've you've all of this load is going on your system all the time it's like buckaroo do you guys remember that game i'm like a thousand years old yes love that game right i mean i think i think my daughter's got like a granny game now which is similar but the point is this horse you kept loading stuff on and then at one point it would just go buckaroo and it would throw it all over the air and it was amazing but that's how we've got to with life is we're just adding something on adding something on adding something on until at some point it will give whether that's physical injury more often than not there's mental injury already there happening but we perhaps either can't see it or won't see it and we're being this boiling frog and it's it's fucking terrifying so i think the more that people understand that if you don't take the physical symptoms ibs is not normal it's not something you have to live with like you know if you're developing allergies all of a sudden if there's you know a lot of self-harm behaviors and not the same as cutting or you know pulling there's a lot of things that can be happening because people are not discharging the stress from their system because the stress is too great yeah and it's not the same as just going for a run like it, there's too much inside you and it has to come out and it does and you will be stopped mentally or physically you will be stopped um, so it's a huge subject yeah no it is a huge subject and i think like even for the individual who's facing 
or experiencing the burnout but not being able to find sort of like the courage to like speak about it mm-hmm. or to stop themselves and sort of like reset and be, be like a need sometime. And it also comes from whoever's around that individual if there's people because you can certainly see the differences. So in that, I mean, you there's a lot of people need to be more kind. Oh, yeah. That it, it helps massively because obviously I'll go back to Saturday and even though I still, in the back of my head, I was thinking, I don't feel right, but I want to play. But I've already said, and I had a conversation with the gaffer, he was supportive and he understood. Obviously, I felt bad because it was too late because I wanted to play, but I left it so late. Depending on my body was that. Uh, I was feeling pains everywhere. And the skipper, Tom Conan, uh bubbly and uh, always bantering before games and things like that. I would just sat down and he pulled me to the side. And he didn't know what conversation I've had with the gaffer or anyone. He didn't know anything. He just pulled me to the side and he was like, Bro, are you okay? And I was like, Why? He goes, I know you and like, you're not being yourself. Like you, he's like, you're here, but you're not here. Mm. Like, are you okay, bro? And I was like, and I told him. And then he shook my hand, gave me a hug and he said, look, we're going again. Just don't worry. Just get like, obviously make sure you feel right. Do what you got to do. If it's straight, like just do anything you need to do. But don't worry about today. The decision's already been made. Don't dwell on it. And we'll go again next week. Look for yourself. You know what you like. You like. We know you want to play. But it is what it is. Keep your head up and we'll go again. And even little things like that, it's sort of like someone noticing that there's something there and showing kindness. But a lot of the times we see the science but we show no kindness. We just... Nice and then, oh my god, this is an opportunity to batter him even more. Mm. You banter him, you have a joke, you make him feel low. But no, it's like, that's when you've got to pick people up. I think you, I, I really think what you just said is so important. And what you did was you were vulnerable because you could have gone, oh yeah, mate, I'm all right. Actually, I'm just, you know, you could have said anything, but you didn't, you were honest. You told him what was going on for you. And because you did that, he stepped in, in that way, which I think anyone would to go, don't worry about it. I've got you, you know, we're a team. He gave you that support. He gave you that hug. He gave you those words of encouragement, but he wouldn't have been able to do that if you hadn't have shown up in that way and been vulnerable and I don't want to make light of that that is the hardest thing people are ashamed of how they feel people are so it's shame that keeps people ill it's shame that is this you know like sort of lives alongside being a critic is almost like it's a little shamey cheerleader but it's it's shame that stops people asking for help and saying how they really feel I mean how many times you're like yeah you're right yeah yeah how are you yeah you're right yeah how are you yeah all right where are we we're at like I don't know, 2% into how we actually feel. Like we're nowhere close. So you're an athlete in a team, but any team, we need to know how we feel because otherwise, how do we know what, who's where and how we're going to get the best performance, whether we're working in a bank, you know, on, if we're an athlete, if we're parents, you need to know where you're at so that we can lean in or out or, you know, get external support or whatever it is we need. But you 
did it's brave to be vulnerable it's fucking brave to be vulnerable and I don't want to step over that I really want to hold it because I think people listening to this struggle with that more than anything and as you say we do need people to be kind but we also need to somehow find a good friend a person a way of showing up and I used to do it and this maybe watch out for this if this if you've got a friend you're worried about or, or even just you know it's a very easy to deflect because someone could go how are you and you could be like in bits inside right and you can go yeah, yeah I'm great anyway how are you I know you've had a really tough week at work tell me all about you know whatever and you can just deflect everything straight onto the person ask them questions all the time and you never have to talk about yourself and you're like whew got away with that no one knows I'm dying <laughs> but how yeah. many times have we all done that because we're just afraid of like yeah you know we think if you crack open pandora's box and i start being honest either i'm just or i don't want to be emotional maybe or i'm afraid that if i tell you how i really feel you'll judge me or something but in that moment you were vulnerable and you were met and supported and you know it was kind of the shame cycle if you like would be dealt with there because you said what it was he went, I can see that's not you. I can see it's not a, not normal for you. I can see that you're out of sorts. So get yourself back together, you know, and let's move on. Let's, I'm um, supporting you. I'm with you. And and that is so powerful. I'd love that to be taken, people listening, I'd, I'd love them to take that, that I don't think I've ever known of anybody get kicked in the face when they're vulnerable. And if that, if somebody does, they're not a friend or anyone you want to be around. No. I yeah. think that think it's powerful as well i think it's it shows that there is progress happening mm. it shows yeah. that people are slowly understanding about you know the signs of if someone's feeling low it's like if if he didn't if he didn't know you you know he, he, you know he wouldn't know the signs because i think a lot, a lot of my friends that that know me, they know the signs, and they're scared or afraid to have a conversation with me about mental health. Like if my friend asked me, if I if I was at a really low point in a week or somewhere, and the one of my friends was like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "No, mate, I'm not good at all today." The conversation won't last long. Mm. There's a, there's only a certain a certain number of my friends who I can talk to and actually say, no, mate, I'm shit today. And then the friends that I know um, aren't comfortable talking, like talking about mental health, and they ask me if I'm okay, but like, yeah, I'm fine, mate. But I'll always make sure I do talk about it with someone, like my wife or my best mate or my other close circle of friends. I think it's important to have that support circle. And I know, I know a lot of people don't have it. And I think the people that uh, get in touch with me are on their own. Mm. And they don't have anyone to talk to. They haven't, they haven't got friends. They, they tell me like they haven't got friends, you know, or they haven't got family. Or they live, like the, the family are in Scotland and they're in London. And I think for them, it's really difficult. But then there's, there's um, obviously charities like Men United. There's, there's so many different support groups out there for people to reach out to. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think if I could also offer something here, and this is, this is more experience, kind of yeah. therapy as well as just life, the people that can't talk to you about it are probably in the same pain. Yeah. So the, I don't know if you boys would agree with that, but I would, I can tell you from experience, I have people that are so successful, sport, corporate, whatever, and they are more ashamed of the idea of someone knowing that they're not okay. And I've had people say that, you know, that everyone now does a, let's say corporate, you have a, you know, mental health workshop, have someone come in and talk like we are now. Yeah. I, I do it. So here we go. I do, I do these workshops. I have three or 400 people on online now, you know, not on a stage anymore. Yeah. And one of the first questions I ask is how are you feeling? And I say, you can't say good, fine or okay. Oh, and that gives you to check in. So should we do it now? Like, how are you feeling? And you can't say good, fine or okay. I'm happy to start if you want. Like, go on, then. Go on, then. Idea. So how am I feeling today? So didn't sleep brilliantly last night of my own doing. So my energy's a bit low. I haven't got my daughter today. She wasn't super happy going to my ex, which makes me feel wildly guilty and quite emotional, to be honest, because, you know, you can never get away from mum guilt. Um but in that, it's also a beautiful day. I feel very purposeful. I love having these conversations. I feel like we're making a difference. That always makes me feel of service and of value. It's more important than anything to do with me. Um, and I think sort of broadly outside of that, I'm, I'm feeling perhaps the, the ripples and the benefits of some shift to lockdown. So there's some hopefulness as well. So that's how I'm feeling. Amazing. Oh. How, how, do you, how are you going to follow that, mate? Well, I'm feeling quite emotional today actually i think i've been reflecting on the podcast journey so especially the past few days and today i woke up and uh not emotional as in a in, um, like a bad side but kind of like a, a happy a happy emotion that you know we're getting a good message out there um so yeah i'm feeling emotional today um I'm always optimistic about how my day is going to go. So when someone asks me, you know, how you feeling today, I'm always optimistic because at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to come around the corner. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling energized today because I did have a good sleep last night. I normally get broken sleep patterns, but last night, nah, it was just straight through. Although I did have a dream that fucking piss me off you know when you what, wake up in your bed what a in your bed no the dream's a bit personal oh okay i'll take it back sorry <laughs> <laughs> but no it fucking wound me right up Do you know when you wake up from a dream mm-hmm. a bad dream and it felt dead real it felt dead it, yeah it felt really really fucking real man and i woke up and i was like the fuck like fucking pissed off here so I nodded off again for another 15 minutes same thing happened again but it was a different scenario and I was fuming I woke up like that boom out of bed 7 o'clock in the shower boof woke up but yeah how about you Monty Right, I'm here doing a podcast, man. I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing both of you, basically. Oh, I'm yes. I'm learning, I'm learning. Now, me, my mind's short. Woke up today a bit, <clears throat> a bit down. 
due to the fact that last week I couldn't play because of how I was feeling physically, mentally. And then I felt great leading up to the to the game last like yesterday and felt strong, felt sharp, was ready, like I said before. I went in there saying to myself, he's not gonna they're not gonna work me whoever I'm playing against. And to to get a knock in a game and having to come off at half time, I was thinking I sort of like why me type of thing. Yeah. But then I got in a shower, I said it is what it is. I'm not out there, or this is not happening like me getting punishes. This is helping me grow. It's part of the journey. If I sit here and dwell on what's happening and and the sort of little setbacks that I'm having, I won't have a good day and and I've got treatment, let's go in, see how it is. Got a podcast and hopefully do something for the family. But it's little nibbles and and little setbacks I'm having are just part of the growth. On, on dwell on them and I can't sort of like let it ruin what's what's happening now because that's gone. Yes, it's mate. already. So it's not like I can rewind time and be like, okay, don't go for this tackle because <laughs> that's not going to happen. So it's gone. Don't think too far ahead and just enjoy it now. Love that, mate. Love so that. I do that. Uh, on like say conferences and all I can tell you is at that point cameras go off it's like I don't know literally it's like a game show like yeah, nope. take me out thing yeah <laughs> like they go <laughs> and I get so many messages honestly so many messages of people saying I was crying I couldn't be with that I've had yeah, really I oh my god how are you feeling to actually take that space that we all just did to check in how are you feeling is so powerful. Like we all now know each other better. And if we were going to have to perform any kind of task, we now know exactly where we're all at. Yeah. Right. So we would yeah, yeah. know how best to resource and perform and succeed. Yeah. So we know what each other needs emotionally as well and, and, and how best to support each other. Yeah. But at that moment, how are you feeling? It's honestly like, and I get message after message after message. I haven't stopped and done that and looked at how I feel tears I mean it's it's highly emotional for people to take to stop as you say and stop the band-aids of whatever it is we're busy 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 doing yeah to stop us feeling like we're really good at being human doings we're not good at being human beings as in being with ourselves. yeah it's really hard so you know and life hack, like that. yeah have it you can have it yeah life hack boys if you do that with your other halves as well Rather than how was your day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was yours? Just like, no, no, no. Really? How how are you? How are you feeling? Like yeah. just to be all we want to be is witnessed for who we are. It'll it'll help with uh, communication as well, won't it? With relationships, mm-hmm. like any relationship, mm-hmm. weird relationship, your partner. Yep. Love yep. it. Love it. But before we leave, I want to just pop up your website so people know what oh, you do you i love your website you know oh that, thank you it's gorgeous isn't it I that, obviously that, it flo- that floats in like wait there let's just reset this casa consulting limited yeah that's my 
that's my sort of big coaching practice but yeah he dives he dives in because it's meant to be sort of the yes. you know take your deep dive into to yourself welcome thank you welcome doing casa consulting limited thank you very much yeah, I've got so my Instagram is um, Annalie Howling as well, which has got sort of, I'm trying to do, I started it in December with the, basically there are a lot of, uh, shall we say, I think disingenuous people that would be profiting from people not doing very well. And yeah. I've seen a lot of poor advice. Yeah. And so I, here's the thing, right? I'm quite expensive for a session with. So either you work for a company where you earn loads of money and they send you to me or you earn enough money and you can pay for it yourself. But that means you're privileged. Yeah. So I don't think quality help should be for people that are privileged. And so I wanted to start something. Um, I think there is a link to my Instagram, my website, but I wanted to start something where, where what I was putting out was quality advice for free for people and like resources, like, you know, this book or this podcast or something yeah. and just recommend things for trauma. So that's what my Instagram does. There you um, are. And then I've got a TikTok as well, which is doing uh, pretty well. I, had, I did like an anxiety. Yeah. Yep. There I am. <laughs> a, bit, a bit less jaded there. <laughs> so it says here you are a board ambassador for. Is that your veterans? Here, uh, hire a hero UK. Yeah, that's the armed forces charity. So anyone that might you may you probably may have some um, listeners that were yes, we do veterans. So you know, please do get in touch. We will help anyone that's bid that served in the armed forces. We're also looking to move into sort of some blue light services as well. So police um, oh, as yes. well, and looking after people there. But we, if you, and also it doesn't have to be you just served. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you were only in for a few years? Like we are here to help you, and please yeah. let us. So we're there for the service leavers community. Yeah. Quals, get them quals in. Oh, yeah, baby, love a medal. <laughs> yeah, so there is the website for all to see. We'll also drop the link in the description. Thank you. It's been an absolute amazing episode, you know. It's been good. It's been like a, it's been a learning, it's like a lesson. A lesson. I loved it. Thanks, boys. Lesson. It's been good. It's been good. Lesson. Lesson. Been lesson. lesson. So what's the plans for today? What have we got planned today? What are you doing? Going to do some uh, some exercise, get out and get some of this natural vitamin D in and do some uh, repair work. <laughs> some of the damage to my uh, my system from yesterday from a few, few cheeky drinks. So uh, uh, bit, of a, bit of a detox. Yeah, well, yeah. Just shoring up the foundations today before a big week of work. <laughs> Monty, what are you on, bro? Hey, chilling, it's resting, icing, stretching, yeah, and get ready to try and give it a good go this coming week. Yeah, baby. Oh, and so uh, the orders that people have made. Yeah, love that. And also at six o'clock, I'm choosing a winner. Woo! Gonna... So I've did, we've done this giveaway where, so my, I'll quickly explain, my brand what I'm trying to build is, my story, what I've been through, and the mindset I've had, but within fashion. So trying to give someone and individuals their identity with clothes. So like it's called champion mindset. Mm. So it's calm, casual, smart. You can dress it how you want. But it's also going to be, I'm going to be giving 5% of what anyone purchases 
Medgar charity. So we've had, I've only launched it about a month and a bit ago. The first month went really well. Sold out and literally a lot of the things. So I'm giving a, doing a giveaway today, which is the winner will decide an item that no one's seen yet because I've got new colours, new hoodies, everything coming out soon. And also we'll be deciding which mental health charity the 5% of the first donations I'm going to go to. Oh, lovely. Love it. So Love yeah, it. that's what I'll be doing later on. I'm building a shed. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Are you building this? Building a shed, bro. One of my mates wants some help. So uh, he asked me. Do you, not, do you not fancy someone else as well to help me? I would have come around, mate. I've got uh, many talents here, bro. Many You're talents. Many trades, talents in office. You are a man of all trades. Yeah. I've sent, I've sent you some pictures of me working. You're like, what the fuck's that? What? All them cables? Yeah. Yeah, he sent, he sent me this picture, right? <laughs> there was millions of cables. And I'm thinking, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm fixing this. I'm thinking, fixing what? I, I see so many things. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, so today I get um, smashed some wood. And I think after my dream last night, I'm going to use a big motherfucking hammer. Discharge that stress. It's good yeah, for you. It's going to happen. It's going to go off. The wood's having it. The wood's getting it. Yeah. Well, honestly, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been, it's been ace, man. Enjoyed it. My pleasure. Loved Being it. Good. Thank you so much. So thank you for listening and viewing. Oh, it's been another good one. Take care of yourselves. Love to all. Men Unite podcast with Bids and Monty.